Waves on swim, but look, I don't know if we really hating on him. Better not. <laughs> Better not. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all. I'm Sid. And this is the new Chitlin Circuit. We review indie, low budget, and direct to TV black films. What we watched this week, Sid? This week, we watched Waves. Uh, unfortunately, not available on like a streaming platform. You have to rent this film, but trust me, at least I think it was worth uh, every penny. And we, you know, we in the house give you a little four ninety nine. It's fine. Support this independent film. Uh, but directed by Trey Edward Schultz and starring a bunch of faves. I think. Would you agree with mm-hmm. that? Some faves in this. Yeah, absolute faves. The the cast had a lot of my my faves from television and and the stage. Um, but yeah. the, the production that the director and the writers those are white dudes, right? They are white dudes. Which I thought was interesting um, after watching that the director and writer uh, were white, but I went and watched, a few, well, like read a few interviews, and it seemed like he made this film very collabor- collaboratively with the cast, who is, oh. well, the family, who is black. So I think, you know, he didn't just take his like white man savior hat and put it on to make this, <laughs> but like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it didn't yeah. smell like a white man. Like you know, you watch yeah. a movie about black people, and it just it just smells real Caucasian. I didn't yeah. get that, yeah, um, but all. I did want to point that. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. the cast. Yeah, like you said, plenty of faves. Sterling K. Brown. We both big mm. fans of This both Is Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Renee Elise Goldsberry, who I mean, you and I are both huge fans of Hamilton and yeah. love her. Um, yeah. Not What's the guy's name? The know. teenage boy. What's it? What was his name? Yeah. The actor? Kelvin Harrison Jr. He was uh, most recently in uh, The Photograph with Issa Rae. He had like a supporting oh. role in that. And he was in, I watched at the beginning of the quarantine, Loose on Hulu. He did yeah. phenomenal on that too. He's I've seen Loose. I haven't yeah. seen The Photograph. Um, it's oddly parallel characters. His character in this movie and his character in Loose. In Loose, right? Pretty I thought that parallel was weird to too. do back to back like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was strange too. Um, and then the fourth member of our family, uh, Emily, played by Taylor Russell, who she's been in some um she played it, I'd be forgetting that black don't crack because I mean sis has been <laughs> she's twenty five and she's playing oh. like the right. <laughs> she's I thought she was like fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not oh. at all. Yeah. Yeah, she was yeah. in uh, like the Escape Room series uh, I saw and some other things that I wasn't very familiar with, but great job nonetheless. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't watch that series. Me, I did I enjoy her in this though. I did too. So they picked a, a really good cast to tell this story and I, I want to get right into it. The movie starts off really high energy. Very. And the, 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 the camera's like always moving in this way. Mm-hmm. It's doing like this clockwise rotation. Yeah, a it's lot like of twirling like a ballerina, like nonstop. It's like it's so chaotic, but I liked it. That was a really cool yeah. effect. I don't know how they got did that, but that was cool. I it did seem difficult to do because they were in a car for. I I didn't understand how they got the camera to rotate like that. Yeah, uh, like where who was holding it or how that happened. And with that said, I want to really compliment the cinematography of this mm-hmm. movie i so uh 
I was talking about this with Kaya, with my partner, who is a mm-hmm. cinematographer. And I just think in the past few years, cinematography is having its moment. Everybody is really into cool shots and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think this movie was one of the films I've seen in the past few years to really, really use the camera to tell the story. Yes, like not just, not just cool shots, but like every, like angle added to the plot and added to the tone of the movie yeah and, I, and sometimes I it added to like dialogue too which was cool or like a feeling or emotion which was like interesting like even if seeing like the beginning this camera like twirling around it's like okay clearly he's feeling very like chaotic and like this pent-up energy inside and mm-hmm. he's not saying this but we can see it like through this camera effect which is really really cool yeah i thought that yeah. was very nice i love the way that they use light um, mm-hmm. especially what they could do with colors. A lot of the colors are really saturated and rich. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it really, it was a very vibrant thing and it felt South Florida. My I, my family lives down there. So yeah. when I'm, it's what it looks like. It's what it feels like. You could, it like, felt, it's yeah. It looks sticky. <laughs> yeah, you can almost smell the humidity through the, yeah. through the movie. I yeah. love that. So that's, that's the, that's the biggest general note I have about, I think the thing I enjoyed the most about the movie is that mm-hmm. it was so good at telling the story that the high intensity and like ang- like uh, anxiety inducing moments Ooh, were girl. they got right to your core in this one. right to because so. I was like on the edge of my seat for most of the movie like mm-hmm. I, I'm still I just watched it like we discussed I finished it maybe like 30 minutes ago and I, st- yeah. I feel very heavy right now it's like my chest is like yeah did you cry I did cry actually um I cried I twice cried. yeah I cried oh, twice yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect to cry. Me either, but I also didn't really, because, like, the the film, like, description is pretty vague, so you don't really know Mm -hmm. what to expect, you know, when you, like, start watching at all. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, no, this this took a turn. This, and then, like, tears. (laughs) But also, like, after, you know, being inside for so long and having high anxiety anyway, it's like, I can cry at anything at this point. Oh, you know. (laughs) I'll be afraid to cry. (laughs) Oh, damn, Sid. (laughs) So I want to, I, I, is it cool if I give a brief synopsis? You know, we're not going to spoil this one. Um, yeah. it, it just came out last year. Mm-hmm. And so it's, we're following a family. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is the father and Renee, how do I say her name? Renee Elise Goldsberry. That's my homegirl. All three Shout names. out to Angelica Schuyler. Miss <laughs> Goldsberry, she's the mom figure in the family. And then there's the mm-hmm. teenage boy, Tyler, um, played by the guy, Kelvin. Yep. and his sister so yes. it's just a tale of he's a star athlete he's a wrestler um mm-hmm. dealing with very high pressure lifestyle we all remember high pressure high school senior year stuff yeah um and his father's very hard on him in, intensely uh I, I pulled out a quote that says you got to if you got to, if you're gonna do something you might as well do it right yeah triggered me <laughs> so he's very <laughs> Same, same. Like biggest quote in like my just life, just hearing, just triggered really to me back to anybody could be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh god, this is, yeah. this is this is a lot to deal with. But he pushed him really hard, and and you know he's an athlete, so he's working with trying to balance training with having like injuries. Mm-hmm. And he reaches a breaking point, uh, Tyler, and he commits mm-hmm. a crime. And it, then it pivots to show the fallout of that and how his family, especially how his sister um, yeah. deals with that and how the, the marriage between the mom and the father uh, works out. And mm-hmm. the movie gives every 
it hits on the entire emotional spectrum. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you don't get a lot of laughs. There's some laughing, but like it's, it really. hits on the full range of yeah. emotions. And you really see, um, I really, I don't think I've ever felt so intensely un- like able to understand teenage boy, like rage and confusion mm-hmm. and, and just like not being able to, to express and let out and, I, I think for that reason, the movie's a pretty good commentary on the effect of toxic masculinity. Yeah, for sure. And also just trying to do feelings as a man. And I, right. I really don't, I don't, I don't, I do not understand men. Cannot relate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is no, uh, my brain does not, you know, the man brain. Mm. Yeah. don't get it. But this is a really great, like, inside look, I guess, into like what that is like being 17 year old black living like and he they this is like an upper middle class family so they were like pretty well Mm -hmm. off um not like wealthy wealthy but like you know like still like his father they're doing good um and you know you would think they have this great great life they live in south florida like miami Mm -hmm. they got a nice house but i mean he is unraveling at the seams and like seeing that unfold was crazy yeah and it it really you don't often get because it this movie could have easily been from the victim's perspective and he could have easily just been you know an antagonist like a villain Mm -hmm. um but you Mm -hmm. really see how things build up and how one moment it the very different um viewpoints of one moment you know right so yeah What'd you, what was your, like, takeaway from the movie, Sid? Like, what do you, like, would you watch this movie again? It seems like it really took Oof. you through the ringer. Yeah, it did. Um, I'd have to, like, build myself up again, I think, to watch this, like, okay. twice. It, it did yeah. a lot, like, using emotionally. I felt like so many, did, I, like, I, the family is, like, grieving. I see, like, him, like, buckling under this pressure and, like, trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, how do I handle, like, I'm on the cusp of, adulthood but like I'm not really gonna be an adult for real for real because I'm just 18 but like I need all these different I just this movie was so heavy on my heart I had Mm -hmm. to like after watching I had to stop um like get a drink of water listen to some gospel get my like spirit (laughs) back on track and then like prepare for like our discussion because it was ugh this was tough did you go see not like tough in a bad way I, I want people to know like not like not to watch this movie uh, I think people should watch it. It was really, really good. It was just, it was high, high anxiety. Like, I feel like I'm like, my heart was racing through most of the movie trying to figure out, okay, so like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then kind of, you get that little bit of a break after the, the tragedy happens. Right. And then mm-hmm. we see what happens afterwards. Uh, and then we just follow Emily's character and it's so much more like soothing and calming. Cause that's just like her personality. Like even it was like, like, the like camera a tricks hug. Yeah, like the whole yeah. the that. camera slowed down, yeah. Yeah, it's like and the whole tone just mellowed out um when the story pivoted toward the sister. Right. You know what it what I I really appreciated the pivot toward the sister. Did you mm-hmm. go see Uncut Gems when it came out? I did it and I wanted to see it because you know I love Adam Sandler when he'd be doing goofy stuff, but I wanted to yeah. see him do something serious too. 
so this is these are both a24 movies yeah yeah it is and it made sense because do you watch um i don't think you watch euphoria you're one of the few friends i had who refused to watch euphoria i can't really get into it it's a lot for me i like i can watch an intense movie but i can't commit to intensity for an hour Uh, every week well the um tyler's girlfriend she's the main character in euphoria um which is also produced by a24 Ah, um, and it, that's and it what I'm sense. saying. Yeah, this is A24 like this is like the, they're really good at intensity and like yeah. the I liked Uncut Gems, but the thing is the intensity sustains and only increases for two hours straight. Ooh. And the only point where there's any release, any exhale for the audience and uh-huh. the main character, yeah, is the very end, like the literal last minute of the movie. But at Love least. That. In this movie, you get I had that same level of like high intensity, uh-huh. but it released a lot sooner, and I, I could go okay. <laughs> oh, thank God, we get yeah. a breath. We can see like okay, she's clearly like grieving, but this ain't like she's a lot softer. Like she was in the background for the whole first half of the movie anyway, because it's all focused on Tyler. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like okay, she gets a little love interest. We see how that unfolds. Like even like the scenes showing. I guess, like, the pair, well, the comparison showing, like, Emily and her boyfriend, like, in the ocean, and then, like, Tyler and his girlfriend, like, how the waves, like, hitting Tyler and his girlfriend so much more, like, fiercely. Mm-hmm. Even Emily and, like, that's just kind of, you know, nature. That's a beautiful thing they capture. Like, it's just so much yeah. more calm. It's like the waves are just... <sighs> also, what I want to say, I don't know if this is... I, I don't know if this is intentional on the writers, <laughs> yeah. the casting directors, but the two of the both... Both of the leading men in this movie do have very deep waves on their they hair. Do. <laughs> <laughs> very deep. It does go with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> and there were, you know, it was usually when people, when writers use water as like a like a rebirth, like transformative uh, device, it's really mm-hmm. obvious in like a yeah. high school way, like a yeah. ooh. But it was very I'm subtle. Exactly. Yeah. Very um well employed here. This is this is a good movie. <laughs> it was it was so good. It's really really good. Yeah, the mechanics are tight. Like the like so much so that you you don't notice them. I only because I was looking at it as you know I have to have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if I was just watching it and not taking notes, you it really just guides you right through the story. Yeah, you get lost honestly, which yeah. I did. I didn't start taking notes until I'd say probably like maybe halfway through because I was just like I was so like mesmerized by like the cinematography like I was wow this is this is insane yeah yeah very good it was very good all right I mean well that's clearly my verdict (laughs) right right (laughs) I liked it um just the some things I wanted to shout out the soundtrack was really good as well Mm And it was fitting. Mm-hmm. I know in the uncorked episode, I kind of give I give filmmakers some grief when they just put you really good songs. Because yeah, I mean, sure, it's a good playlist, but it doesn't yeah. fit. This soundtrack fit perfect. It felt yeah. The tone of all the music matched the tone of the scenes and where like the plot was moving at certain mm-hmm. points, and even how the characters were like how you see them feeling. It matched mm-hmm. all of that. Like it, and it replaced in some points like just like dialogue. There was no talking. We just see mm-hmm. this music and like. You know, uh, the characters being face to face, which I love. Yeah, there was a scene where the teen—it was about the uh, teenage sister Emily—and mm-hmm. they had yep. one of the songs from Control, the SZA album, on there. SZA, yeah, it was perfect. It was pretty, pretty little bird, perfect. Yeah, yeah. 
that album's like perfect for trying to figure out life as like a young person like you know mm-hmm. i love that I, hang on you buffering a little bit can you hear me in my buffer it was for a second okay. look y'all it's the <laughs> blame the rona <laughs> and my internet <laughs> look yeah yeah that's crazy <laughs> we good all right say what you got to say on the movie what's your verdict what you got um, I think verdict similar to yours. Clearly, I love this movie. Um, I think it made me think of like, when was the last time I felt this heavy after watching something? And um, it was after watching If Bill Street Could Talk, which is like completely different from this. Mm-hmm. This is like, a, that's a more of a romantic drama and like really just dealing with like black love and like intricacies of that stuff. But like kind of seeing like how Barry Jenkins was able to capture um, characters in If Bill Street took me back to this film and just how like he- like I felt heavy for days after watching that Bill Street could talk probably because I'm melodramatic and I can't help it but like also like it was just very that's what it is that's what it is I'm melodramatic I am and I'm gonna be ta- I'm gonna be thinking about this movie when I go to sleep tonight honestly waves because I'm like man like my man's is really like he did he did that that's crazy like I mean he's 18 on the brink of like this new part of his journey in life and things happen but it made me go back to like our discussion on selling the space and just being so like anxious and high strung and just like extra you know what i'm saying um in high school so i love this movie i love the soundtrack and i'm not even a fan of frank ocean's blonde i personally think he peaked at channel orange but i do love Cindy. i said what i said <laughs> wow look man look man we already supposed to get the hot takes on the movie oh sydney i am okay. gay i cannot be a part of a production that's talking like that about blonde i don't like it either but you have to respect gay people i respect it <laughs> i respect the music it, but I, I don't think it, it just blonde went flat for me channel orange was just you know ugh. i understand that but you can't say it in public sid well i'm not in public i'm at home this is getting uploaded. <laughs> well, I'm anyway. sorry to the gays. We're all, we're both sorry to the gays. We are, y'all know, I know I'm an ally. Stop playing. Stop oh my playing. <laughs> I, take my, I take I take my allyship very seriously. Okay, so you let's, you're not gonna try and run up on you know and get me caught up out in the streets. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm gonna do. Well, look. <laughs> do you have a nomination in this movie? Wow, yeah, I do. And this was tough. This was yeah. really, really, really tough. Because I mean, like, and the, the, what are they, what, the Wilsons was the family, like their last name, Wilson or Williams? Williams? Williams. Well, yeah, of, the four, of these four actors, I mean, amazing actors, <laughs> amazing actors. So then I had to go, uh, I guess my strategy for this was kind of like looking at like their past catalogs also I'm like including that in my recommendation because it helped okay. me it helped me rationalize my uh, my nomination um and I also have a runner-up that I would Ooh. like to <laughs> all right let's hear it yeah. who are they okay so um my who came to act nominee mm-hmm. who I think should win this award um I'm gonna have to give it to uh my man's Kelvin I got to. Right. I have to. I mean, like, he, the emotion that he showed in so many different scenes for me, I broke down. This is kind of a little spoiler, but not really. 
when he's like in the back of that police car and mm-hmm. you know you just see tears and like the sound just goes like mute and you just see his face I mean mm-hmm. like that emotion for me took me over the top uh when him and Emily first had that actual like sibling connection bond when they're like in the bathroom I said oh this is this is this boy yeah. is acting. He just like cried in our arms, and it was it was very touching. Very touching. I also shed a few tears there. Um, clearly, I was mm-hmm. very emotional watching this. Um, and yeah. then my runner up, I have to give it to uh, this man has so much range. Um, <laughs> I mean, our one of my favorite current TV dads, uh, Mr. Randall Pearson, aka <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> He's the runner-up nominee. I mean, he was looking like a Miami poppy through most of the most of the movie. They had him in those spread collar shirts. Ooh, had his little um, what's it called? His little link bracelet. Brace, mm-hmm. bracelet He's keeping on. link bracelet. Keeping link he bracelet. wore flip flops the whole movie. Whole movie. <laughs> I mean, and this is because like Randall Pearson is like America's like favorite dad. He's like mm-hmm. it's him and the girls and Beth, and they're amazing. This man, what's his name? Uh, uh-uh. Ron what's Ronald. Ronald, Ronald yeah this is completely like a complete 180 from Randall Pearson. he was a good I, I I put down SKB is a convincing bad dad it's pretty convincing. he is very convincing yeah. yeah you know what Sid I accept that nomination Kelvin was so good in this I and this is I watched this oh you also watched Loose already so in the shadow of that yeah. it, mm-hmm. in the beginning I was like this feels kind of the same but right. no he stepped it up and up and up. And he, he I don't know, I'd be interested to like see what the script actually had laid out. But like he, at times I forgot he was an actor. I thought yeah. <laughs> like that's how good he was. And yeah. I accept that runner up as well because Sterling K. Brown, he can act. We all know it. He, I mean, can the, the man can act. And I did, I read um, since, because Kelvin had like a really big part um, and like, I guess just collaborating with Trey, the director, and just how the story just came together overall. Um, he was saying that how like Trey was so like descriptive in the script, like it was like colorful, like this is how I want like the colors to look on my cast. This is like you know, and it gave him so much more to to think about as an actor, and mm. I, he did a great job, phenomenal, yes. and he fine. We got to put that in there too. <laughs> so. Okay, I didn't know that that impacted your nominations. That is—is is that ethical? Oh, I mean, the boys do it, so why can't I? Touche, valid. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's that's our thoughts on waves. Of course, we didn't we didn't spoil the big reveal. So when you guys watch it, yeah, just let us know what you like. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and let us know what you think. Please do, because this yeah. this is a wild ride, man. It's wild. Ugh. Absolutely. Look, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our segment called On Second Watch. On Second Watch. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're back with our segment On Second Watch. This week, we have picked a... A movie that's been getting some conversation on Twitter lately. It just got put on Netflix. Romeo Must Die. Woo. <laughs> uh, look, this is this movie um, was the last film appearance of Aaliyah before her very premature, very untimely death. Oh, no, not the last. Ooh. Yeah. She, Educate me. Yeah, <laughs> this wasn't her last. So she was in um, her last film appearance, and I'm blanking on the title now, but it was... Um, Queen the, of the Dam. Queen of the Dam, that vampire movie. That was oh, her last film appearance. My mama didn't let me see that. Yeah, I didn't see it till later on in 
like teenage them also, but that's because it wasn't nowhere to be found for like a very long time. Oh, no, I remember the exact weekend Nate, my older sister, went to go to the movies to see that, and I was just with my mama at the mall because <laughs> we didn't. I don't know why we didn't just go see a movie too, but like Nate went with her friends. That's cr- was that Stonecrest? Yeah, it was that Stonecrest. That's crazy. <laughs> it, nevertheless, so <laughs> we uh, we're gonna do <laughs> Romeo Must Die on on second watch. So I I've already kind of given my my um, segue into it. Mm-hmm. Nate is my older sister, and she was the biggest Aaliyah fan that I have ever known. <laughs> That it's the only reason I can. I was born in '96. It's the only reason I can say that I remember when Aaliyah died. It was a, it was a big day in my household. Uh-huh. It was grave. We did not talk to Nate that day. Oh. I mean, it was, <laughs> and it was tough. It was tough. And for that reason, I watched Romeo Must Die no less than a dozen times. We had it on DVD, and I just remember just seeing this actiony thing. And I thought it was really cool. I didn't understand it as a kid. I just knew Aaliyah was in it and everybody really loved her. Yes. That's all I had on it (laughs) at the time. (laughs) Sydney, what did you think the first time you saw this movie? When did you see it first? Yes, I first saw Romeo Must Die. I was probably like late elementary school. So maybe like fifth, sixth grade, I feel like was when I first saw it. So I'm like 11 or 12 years old. And I just remember, because um, at the time I was going through like a bandana phase that was inspired oh. by Aaliyah. Because um, I thought she was like so cool. <laughs> this is, I was influenced a lot by pop culture throughout my entire life. Um, and I just remember thinking, okay, I need to like get everything about her, figure out like all the stuff that happened before, you know, like her death. Because that, that tore up my little, oh. my little five-year-old heart was, was toned up when, uh, was this your first dive into pop culture? <laughs> Not first dive, because I was always a um, subscriber to Word Up magazine as a young child. Love it. Um, slash early tween um, and Teen Vogue yeah. and all sorts of other publications. So shout out to my mom for, you know, feeding that habit. Uh, but anyway, yeah, when I first saw it, I think from what I remember, like that point in my life, I just watched only to see Aaliyah and I got what I needed from that first watch. And I thought, oh, this is cute. This is great. It was like, you know, kind of watching Beyonce and Carmen a Hip Hopper for the first time, but not with the music. I mean, because that's I mean, an excellent debut, Carmen a Hip Hopper. Let's not get that. That was a masterpiece. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, I felt like those same emotions, seeing this like a favorite artist turn actor situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's how we felt about it the first time we saw it many, many years ago. Yeah. And this week we watched it again. Mm. And on second watch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) here's the thing, guys. I don't know if we all faking it, (laughs) but y'all was old enough because (laughs) y'all was old enough to know what the movie really was. I was young. We was kids. Yeah. I the first thing I noticed when I started watching the movie, Sid, mm-hmm. th- literally I only have like three takeaways on my on second watch. First one, yeah. I thought this movie was set in New York when I first watched it. Really? Yeah. It's the directors, this is my second point. The people who made this movie very clearly know nothing about African American culture <laughs> and like the regional specificness of it. Yeah, a white man. Everything about this movie. this movie 
is New York. <laughs> it, they're supposed to be in the Bay, though. Yeah, they're in the Bay. Yeah. They show the, the Golden Gate Bridge once in the intro, but they have this grungy, gritty, like, uh, bluish filter mm. on a lot of the movie. Yeah. Which is not how you shoot California That's, in America. I, That's not. I also kind of blame, too, like, I guess DMX is in this movie. And I, you just relate yeah. DMX to, like, New York. Yes. Like, the know. soundtrack, they yeah. didn't have any, like, Bay Area no type Coast, of hip hop. Like, no, yeah. like, Mac Dre stuff. Yeah. And honestly, while people associate this movie with the lead, you're right that, like, this is what this was way more of a launch pad for DMX. It was. <laughs> He benefited a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two points there. Number one, I thought it was just set in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> and then number two, the filmmakers clearly don't understand American niggas. Uh, um, the third one is, it's just not good. It's just like a kung fu movie. Yes. Ooh. But like the black version, yeah. like show enough. <laughs> That's a great transition into like my points. So like as a kid, yep. I didn't realize how much of a like martial like in my memory like this is a very much a martial arts movie and i thought like mm-hmm. i remember it as a kid being more like rush hour and this is yeah. not like that rush hour like sure you have a little bit of like you know fighting scenes or whatever but it's mostly just like this buddy cop movie and they're figuring out whatever yeah. like the issue is um number two i don't know why like i guess this is great for Aaliyah maybe trying to like launch into like acting but like I I don't get it why her and Jet Li had to be like love interest or like this this they weren't did you know this was supposed to be an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet it's called Romeo Must Die I didn't I (laughs) I got to the end of the movie and I said why the hell is it called that and then they give Isaiah Washington the titular line yeah and then I say oh wait a minute is he supposed to (laughs) Yes. This, that's not good. They're not even love interest. They don't even kiss in yeah, the movie. Yeah, they don't. But they didn't have real like good chemistry either. So it was weird like regardless. And they didn't die. So it's like I don't Yeah. That's the, also I didn't get that. So when I when it clicked for me, this is an act 3. Honestly, this is more of like a five act movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the final act. I go, "Oh shit. Did she die in this movie? I don't remember that." No. She didn't. She didn't. Wasn't no poison, wasn't no dagger. I mean, no. The real question is, how would William Shakespeare feel uh, about watching this adaptation of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet? I have no reason to believe William Shakespeare wasn't a racist, mm-hmm. so he would be even further more racist yes. if he saw this. <laughs> he would be like, "Oh hell no, nah. this is what y'all doing." <laughs> damn will look (laughs) do not call william shakespeare will can i call him willie that's better (laughs) you know what here's a positive thing i have to say about this on second watch i love the actor delray delroy what's his last name delroy lindo aka old lebron james yes I, and it's probably because I love LeBron James yes. so much. But this is a I LeBron James so... stan account. So if you have an issue, oh, yeah. stop listening now. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, guys, oh, I guess this, let me just tie it in. The same way this is a Beyonce stan podcast, mm-hmm. we also stan LeBron. You put two and two together. Hello. 
Boom. <laughs> but I will say, because I, I think you and I talk about this a lot too, how um, Fat Anthony Anderson, he needs to get some more credit because he honestly, yes. he made this movie for me. He was the highlight. He, he I'm Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Anthony Anderson. You know, he's still kind of funny. Thank but you. like Fat Anthony was really funny. He's not. Is the thing is Anthony Anderson. Not only did he lose a bunch of weight, he also and and closes gap. He also just got like cleaner for TV. He's like he's like uh, network TV now. Yeah, kind of like when Steve Harvey cut his hair off or just stopped wearing that wig. <laughs> it was a. You think it's a wig? This is how we, you mark. Is this a breaking story right now on the pod? That was a wig. Sydney, I want you to. What I want you to do is between now and the next episode, go and Google a bunch of pictures of early two thousand Steve Harvey's hair. Okay. Really, really zoom in. I will, and I'm I'm gonna post about it because I, <laughs> I look. <laughs> Sydney, it was a piece. Oh man, Steve. <laughs> There's a deep internet black forum of some <laughs> of okay. some type, like black of Reddit. people. Uh, yeah, like a black Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw of like a, a a chain of responses of someone saying, "You mean to tell me I've been chasing that perfectly straight hairline?" Because you remember Steve? Yeah, I mean, like was he was always sharp, perfect, always sharp. And you mean to tell me this was a fraud? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel right now. I feel bamboozled, yeah. led astray, run amok, run amok. But I don't know how we got to talking about Steve Harvey's hair. <laughs> But look, I, I did enjoy Delroy and I liked the, the, the views, the outfits. Yeah. Also, clearly the director was trying to sell this and was like, look, y'all seen that Matrix shit? Did this come out after that? Because this uh, long leather coats. <laughs> this came out, I think, before the Matrix because I feel this like. This predated that? No, I, I, I think, or no, I know Aaliyah was supposed to be in one of the Matrices matrix you know matrices but you know she passed away and then jada pinkett smith is that the same movie same franchise oh no this came out after the after? first matrix oh okay confirmed okay <laughs> and like i'm just saying it seemed like they was just like look black people like what they like hip-hop yes they like the matrix <laughs> um long leather coats yes. and they love kong Food. They do. I mean, <laughs> and they like Aaliyah. We love Aaliyah, and honestly, this movie, like the soundtrack, was mostly her last album. That was most of the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it was that in DMX. There and was DMX, no other. Yeah, that was music. it. I mean, bops, <laughs> clearly, but still, I was. Just, yeah, I don't. Mm, I think maybe you know, had Aaliyah still, you know, if Aaliyah was still alive today, maybe her acting career would have, you know, taken off further post Queen of the Damned. Well, we don't really know. Um, Sid, do you want to be honest about her acting performance in the movie, or do you want to be what you want to do? You need to choose a path right now. I am going to uh, continue on my current <laughs> path, <laughs> and um, that's respectable. I'm just, I was just asking yeah. if you wanted to be honest about it, yeah. or if you wanted to mm-hmm. keep. You was gonna, we're gonna keep it okay. We're, I'm gonna keep you it cute. Doing, keep the copacetic. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, or maybe, you know, this would have been this would have been better for Aaliyah. Had she been in a Carbon Hip Hopper esque film as her launching pad, I think that would have, because look at Beyonce. Dream Girl. I mean, come on. Obsessed. Uh, well, Beyonce is not exactly the poster child for great 
um music to music to the music to acting transitions i'm gonna just say <clears throat> this her performance in obsessed deserved a few more awards and that i'll leave it at that oh no i agree okay. yeah <laughs> but i'm biased oh, okay <laughs> look go watch romeo must die again if y'all liked it if you liked that movie 20 years ago go watch it now and hit us up and let us know what y'all think for real please all right sit tell them how to hit us up tell them where to find us yeah find us on twitter at tncc pod uh we'll post a little clip about this <laughs> on our social so definitely like comment let us know what you think and then find us you can find us on facebook and instagram at new chitlin circuit spelled c-h-i-t-l-i-n yep there it is <laughs> all right Appreciate y'all for listening. See you next week. See you next week. We'll be on week, what, 10, the quarantine? Sydney, ain't no way I could answer that. I don't know. <laughs> the days are, you know, blending together. Do, do you have an abacus? <laughs> no, Alexis. I'm not Icarus. Why would I have an abacus? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> Bye, y'all.